Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go in-depth on all things Cyclones. This is Cyclone Insider on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. Coming to you a couple days after Iowa State's 10-7 loss to Ohio on the road in yet another maddeningly, frustratingly, in unproductive day for the Iowa State offense, scoring just a single touchdown and not doing that until the very end of the game. Uh, big, big issues for the Iowa State offensive line. I think for the running game in general, it was an absolute disaster at 1.7 yards per carry. After looking like a disaster, we, we thought we saw a disaster two weeks ago against Iowa when they averaged 2.8. Little did we know things could get much, much worse and I thought that offensive line, Randy, was hugely alarming. And now Iowa State's one and two heading into Oklahoma State game at Jack Trice Stadium this weekend, which leads me to the question. We saw a year's worth of ineffective offense last year. We've really seen three games of it now. I think you count the UNI game because they really only put 20 points on the board offensively in that game. What level of change should there be for this Iowa State offense both for Oklahoma State and going forward I don't know whether there is any level of 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 change Travis and hi and good good afternoon it's nice to see you again um I don't know whether there is is anything you can you can change because it's it's the offensive line that's been the problem um and unless the the Iowa State participation charts have been different there's only off eight offensive linemen that have played this year Yes, Jake Ramsberg will be here after game six. His suspension will be over. He'll be able to play, and he's a starter. He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing in there. Maybe that'll be enough to to light a fire under his offensive line buddies. I don't know. But I don't know if one guy can make this offensive line better. This the, For this line, I was talking to somebody on the phone this morning, and he said he was surprised that this line suddenly got so bad, to which I responded, suddenly got so bad? We've been radi- waiting for this line to get to improve, not get good, just improve, consistently improve for eight years, for eight years now. And it hasn't happened. I, I, it makes you wonder if they're recruit, you know, what, it makes me ask questions about what, what kind of, of offensive lineman you're looking for in the recruiting process, not necessarily your philosophies and your thoughts and everything. I mean, structure wise, I mean, how big are you? How strong are you? Um, that's that's kind of this this the stuff that I mean because, dude, I don't know whether this offensive line can get any better or not because, like I said, they're only playing eight guys anyway. I mean, right now and and okay, when 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 Jake gets gets eligible, it'll be nine, but and which is maybe workable. I don't know, but but so far they haven't done anything. Yeah, I mean, I think you need to look schematically 
maybe not even schematically, tactically at what you're doing because the running game is a mess. The offensive line, I don't, you know, we said this after the game, Randy. I don't know that I've seen an Iowa State offensive line get that dominated in the running game ever. I mean, Baylor, least, what, what you you said, Baylor, whatever year that was, maybe. Yeah, yeah I mean, like it, it was, but, it's been bad, but that, like to that team in that moment, that was. That was pretty rough. And the flip side is that they've been pretty good in pass protection. Didn't give up a sack for the first two games and gave up one or two on Saturday against Ohio, but they weren't to the egregious degree that we saw them give penetration in the run game. You know, I think Rocco, I think, was stepping up in the pocket both times and kind of got caught in there in a collapsing pocket, you know, rather than just a blow by to where do you have to start throwing the ball either more? or earlier on downs and first and second down more frequently and use the pass to set up the run, which is you know the exact opposite of what Campbell wants to do and historically has done. But you look at what they did on Saturday, and it was horrible. You look at what they did all of last year, it wasn't much better than horrible that I think you really got to wonder – what is what they're doing and have been doing? Does it still have the same ability to succeed, or does it need Brees Hall, David Montgomery? And like, <laughs> if, you got, if you've got those dudes, yeah. that's great. But I don't. They didn't have those dudes last year, and we're not seeing that happen this year. Maybe they emerge. Like again, like we talked about last week. I think you look at Cartavia basically with the clean slate because of the injuries last year. Abu Sama seems to have some electricity to his game. And guys like Montgomery and Hall didn't look like Montgomery and Hall until really the middle of their freshman year. So there's still time to maybe these guys emerge as the next generation of, you know, Matt Campbell superstar running backs. But damn, man, like it, it ain't looking like it right now. Until that happens, flip it. I mean, I, coaches like to go, like to talk about the 50 50, you know, the balance, run pass between the run pass balance. And right now, of 167 plays, it's essentially balanced. I mean, it's 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 maybe a handful of more passing plays than than running plays, but just it's got to change, um, at least at least for now. I mean, uh, I don't want to say go full air raid, but go air raid light or something. Come out to your to your point. Come out and start the first couple possessions against Oklahoma State on on Saturday. Come out throwing the ball. I mean, what what Unless you throw interceptions, what's what what's it going to hurt? It can't hurt anything because they haven't done anything anyway offensively. Come out throwing the ball, throw a, throw a surprise into Oklahoma State. It's not the first time Iowa State surprised Oklahoma State in the passing game before, and I'm you know we saw that in 2018 on the road in Stillwater. So do something again, not necessarily with a. I'm not advocating for a different quarterback because Rocco's not the reason this team is is one and two, but. But come out throwing the ball like you like you say early in downs and and throw on every downs get the get the the um get get in a tempo a rhythm of quick pace you're you're completing a pass you're you're going to the line of qu- scrimmage quickly oh my gosh play just kind of like you did in the fourth quarter against Ohio when when Rocco was six for nine for 110 yards or 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 whatever and. The, um, and the and the touchdown, they went quick. He was throwing passes. He, I remember, he, I recall him throwing a couple downfield, even. So instead of ending the game like that, 
start a game like that, a Big 12 game like that, against a beatable, winnable, whatever that word is, Big 12, Big 12 opponent, start out the game like that. Give throw a wrench into into the Oklahoma State um, scouting report, and until and in, as long as it works, go with it. And if it doesn't work, what are you out? You're not out anything. Do anything to loosen up the 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 play for for the the offensive for the running backs because certainly the offensive line has proven that it on a consistent basis cannot do it. Yeah, and I think we've seen from Campbell, we've seen from Nate Shieldhouse at least through three games at least a lack of confidence in trying to stretch the field vertically. You know, we have not seen a lot of deep balls, you know, whether that's game plan or their, you know, belief in what's this offense is capable of, uh, capable of the bottom line is we haven't seen them try to stretch the ball vertically, which to me, does that mean you have to stretch it horizontally where you're trying to essentially do the long handoff deal, whether it's to Jalen Noll or do you move a Busama out there, Carson Hansen, you know, these speedier backs, these smaller backs where they look like a, you know, going way back to like a Trevor Ryan type or a Jake Lenz type where you get them out on those wide receiver screens or those tunnel screens and just try to make a defense. If you're not going to make them guard down the field, at least make them guard outside, you know, near the boundaries to where hopefully you can at least get something resembling a running game through the passing game and ideally then loosen things up in the middle to where you can hand the ball off control the clock a little bit and not put your defense in a tough spot with quick three and outs. But it just seems like with whatever they're doing right now is not working. And we, the, the track record now, again, they're only three games into the season, but that's a quarter of the year. And we saw an entire season of struggle last year. So you're looking at a year and a quarter of unproductive offense starting with and largely attributable to a lack of a running game at what point do you have to look at that if you're Matt Campbell and now Nate Shieldhouse and say, what we're trying to do is not working? We may want to do this, but it's not working. Like, What is plan B, C, and D? And again, like this is a question I'll probably ask Campbell tomorrow, just in general. What's the difference between commitment and stubbornness? Because right now, this doesn't look like commitment. It looks like stubbornness. I agree. And, and we it's, this isn't a whole lot different than we saw last year when Iowa State went two and ten in its last twelve games, one and eight in the Big Twelve season to end the season, obviously, and and um, whatever one and two, one and two this season. Iowa State's won two of its last twelve games, and I think if you go back and look, examine all those twelve games, you'll find out that the running game was less than less than adequate. Um, and we, I'm pretty sure we were, which forced the pass, which, and everybody, every opponent knew that. So, you know, that's, that's, so I'm going back to the, to the point that to just throw the heck out of the ball. And then when the, when the, when the opponents start recognizing it, then hand it off a little bit and see, and see what happens. But I, 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 I I'm with you on the fact that stretch the field horizontally, if that makes sense. Um, I don't necessarily like that short screen. I don't to, particularly to love it either. But but, but uh, you know, try something. Do, I I would like them to do. You know, I don't know whether it's in the off in the playbook or not. I don't. We obviously we haven't seen Shield House's playbook. But um, what about getting some? Try to get some outside runs with Samba. I mean, he's obviously one of the 
two or three fastest guys on the team. And yeah, okay, does that does that take a one of the tackles blowing out a defensive end or, or a linebacker that's 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 blitzing or something? Sure, it does. But and maybe the offensive line's not not good enough to handle that that at this point, which obviously they should because most of the guys on the line have played. But uh, the the plays that they've used so far certainly aren't working. And 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 if I said this before, I apologize. But but there's nothing there's nothing to lose now. Um, there it, it's it's this is kind of all or nothing. I th- I think right now because this. It, this program has to do something, and we've seen the offensive line not consistently improve to up to Big 12 standards for a few years now. And Campbell even mentioned that maybe for the first time on Saturday after the game. Definitely the first time he said it's embarrassing. Yes, we'll yeah, love what yeah, they were blocking. Exactly. At least the first so, time I can remember. So overhaul some plays a little bit, get get a little more creative, and 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 see what happens. Because like I said, what are you going to do? It's nothing. It can't be any worse than what we're seeing out there now. And I think, you know, anytime you talk about an offense not being productive, the the offensive coordinator comes up, and the other thing that comes up is quarterback. And I, I don't think this is a quarterback issue. I mean, I think Rocco Beck's been pretty good. You know, he hasn't been Caleb Williams or Deion Sanders' kid, but he's been pretty solid. He had two interceptions on Saturday. I mean, I don't think either of them were his fault. You know, obviously the pick six against Iowa was huge. But I think the kid's been pretty consistent He's been solid to me, looks like a big 12 quarterback to where I don't think even to, in the name of shaking things up, I don't think a quarterback change makes a ton of sense because what we saw from J.J. Cole in the opener was not a true freshman ready to come in and light the world on fire. And even you could talk, even if the debut wasn't great or at least dynamic, which I don't think you know should be the standard or the hope for a true freshman quarterback, you could talk me into the merits and the value of simply making a change for change's sake if they were different quarterbacks. But everything we've heard from Matt Campbell, from Nate Shieldhouse, from all their teammates is that Rocco Becht and J.J. Cole, despite some pretty big physical differences, kind of play the same game at quarterback. You know, you're not seeing much different from either guy. And so that to me doesn't scream, you know, change a quarterback just to see if that shake things up or allows you to try different things within the offense, if we're going to take them at face value for how they've described these quarterbacks, I don't think a quarterback change is in any way needed or even necessarily beneficial. To me, it's, you know, you've got some weapons in the passing game. You know, I think Jaden Higgins has shown quite a bit early on. Jalen Knoll obviously didn't play on Saturday because of the, the food poisoning that ran through the team and, you know, probably needs to be mentioned a little higher here for their struggle because it sounds like Rocco Becht and Cartavius Norton were dealing with it. But you've got Higgins, you've got Noel. I think Aiden Bitter and Dimitri Stanley are, are solid players, capable wide receivers. I think Ben Bramer is a star in the making. You've got weapons in that passing game where if you lean on it early and you lean on the passing game, I think you have the opportunity to get the ball to your playmakers. And then hopefully, if you're Iowa State, make things a little bit easier on that offensive line and those running backs to where you're just not seeing defenses roll through the offensive line. And it starts with that offensive line just has to block better. But part of the coaching staff's job is to put them in better situations if they can. And it doesn't seem like, you know, lining up, handing the ball off and trying to make space is going to work for this offense right now. That goes back to your hard-headed versus committed or whatever that other word was. Um, Stubborn. 
Yeah. Committed or stubborn? Committed or stubborn. You didn't say hard-headed. Sorry. Um, you know, I'm a former editor. I try to get the, that word count down. When one, <laughs> when one word can do, I used to. God, okay. I like hard-headed better. But uh, um, that goes back to that goes back to that, and I think that was, that's that's something very very good to bring up tomorrow with with Campbell. Um, is is it's time to to be inventive, creative, do something because because like I said, I mean we're we're like we said ad nauseum, the stuff that they're doing now isn't working, and. Why keep up? Why keep doing it? It's like it's like it's like when you're you're a you're a um, a coach, any coach. I don't care who nationally, you know, in throughout the United States. If you're a coach and you're committed to the run, and the run's not working, you keep running through your mind. Just one more handoff, and boom, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna work. One more handoff, and he and he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna pop a run. Just one more handoff. Maybe the next handoff. Nope, didn't work this one. One more. They're not going to be ready for it. One more time. Dude, this stuff ain't working. Do it. Do it. Flip it. Do it in the passing game. Get the offense rolling. Get some tempo going and, and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think the bottom line is just if you are committed to doing things this way, you gonna the pressure and the patience, the pressure is going to be higher and the patience is going to be less because we've now, again, seen not quite a year and a half, but a year plus of this offense not working. And the question is, is it because of the youth? Is it because of the injuries last year? Is it new coordinator, new quarterbacks coach, new offensive line coach? Like There are a lot of variables at play here, but you get 12 of these games. The variables, ultimately, they matter, but ultimately what it comes down to is results. And they're just not getting the results either on the scoreboard or their ability to put points on that scoreboard offensively that just simply have to be there. And that offensive line perform. Like, I don't think Campbell could have been any more honest about that offensive line. Like those guys probably were embarrassed with how they played because it was bad. It was really bad and did not give that offense the opportunities to succeed. Now then the question becomes, you know, at what point do you see Bobcat after Bobcat blast through that line to where, like, hey, maybe we should stop doing that and throw the damn ball. And I think you saw that in the fourth quarter when, again, you got some urgency with the clock and the score, and they're throwing, they're moving the ball with the pass. Now, again, I think to talk about variables, we heard Campbell and the players talk about that they didn't come out with their hair on fire. They didn't come out looking to demolish and run away with the game early, that there was a lack of urgency there. And, again, that's problematic, too. Like, there's just – a lot that does not seem to be aligned and pointed in the same direction, working cohesively for that football team right now outside of the defense. Cause even the special teams were not great, you know, a questionable field goal, notwithstanding. Yeah, that's a good point too. But yeah, don't be in that, don't put yourself in that position to let the referee make a decision. We, you know, we see that basketball all the time. And, and it, like if that field goal gets counted as good, Iowa state goes down and then later, uh, ties the game or wins the game in regulation or overtime, obviously you're feeling a million times better as an Iowa yeah. State fan, but that does not erase or change, in my opinion, the the conversation about how poor the offense has been. That would be escaping with a victory, but I won't think that would uh, paper over the larger discussion about how this 
offense is performing. Now, certainly, like, Iowa St- to me, that field goal, and it's probably worth talking about a little bit, like, on the straightaway angle, I don't know if it went in or not. On the field angle, it looked like it went into me, but is that just because of the angle and it was actually going over the top of the the upright or in? I don't know. But I think the larger and more important conversation is why can't this offense get it going? What I was I was really curious, and I think when Campbell when it appeared what direction Campbell was going in in his post game comments to us, and essentially it was just you and me there. Um, it I kind of I remember just looking at you out of the corner of my eye. Is he really saying this stuff? Because in uh, for for Campbell, who's usually who's usually tries to find um, as much silver lining as he can. He was essentially airing out his airing out his offense, and the last time I'd heard Campbell do something like that, and I don't know whether you were there or not, Travis, but nineteen or two thousand and whatever year it was, Iowa State was at Akron. Iowa State beat Akron by twenty four points, I think. Iowa State won big, but Campbell noticed his his players yucking it up after the game, talking about how bad they beat a MAC team. Um, being all satisfied with beating a MAC team, Campbell came out of the press, out of the the, the locker room, and it was just like the other day at at um, um, in Athens. We were there was no podium or anything. It was just it was just Campbell standing up, and and we were all around him. Campbell came out of that Akron lock out of the locker room at Akron, and he aired out his team again. And this was after a twenty whatever I said twenty five point whatever it was win at Akron. And Iowa State responded that game with four victories in a row and and you know a bowl game, Liberty Bowl, I believe. So maybe they'll respond to Campbell's comments after the game Saturday. I guess Iowa State fans can only hope. Yeah, we'll talk about that and more as the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO continues after this break. This is Cyclone Insider on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Hello and welcome back to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. If you missed any of our discussion about Iowa State's offensive woes and what degree of changes we think Iowa State may may need to make to remedy those, be sure to check out the Cyclone Insider podcast wherever it is you get your podcast. We're going to switch now, look a little bit ahead on Saturday to Iowa State's 3 p.m. game at Jack Tri Stadium against Oklahoma State. And Randy, to one degree, this looks like uh, two very similar teams colliding in very similar circumstances. And Oklahoma State might even be in rougher shape than Iowa State, having lost at home 33-7 to to South Alabama. Things ain't great in Stillwater for Coach Mike Gundy. Things ain't great in Ames for Coach Matt Campbell. What are your early thoughts on, on this game on Saturday with two pretty hobbled teams uh, set to face off? I'd say it's a must win for both teams. I mean, I'm sure in, in Stillwater they're thinking this is a chance for for Oklahoma State to, to get on the scoreboard against uh, um, a Big 12 team. And I guarantee you they're thinking that they're thinking that um, in Ames, a chance for for Iowa State to get that that first Big 12 W and um and, and and win a game that you're actually favored by Vegas to win. So I think it's gonna be 
Um, I don't know what it's going to be. I mean, Oklahoma State is is still looking for a quarterback. And let's face it, the Big 12 is not great. The Big 12 is not great. Without Texas or without Oklahoma, the Big 12 would be blanked, I believe, in the in the coaches' ratings. So there's opportunities out there. It's just a matter of of somebody stepping up and, and taking it. And there's certainly a, a golden, golden opportunity on Saturday. Now, who's going to do that? I got no clue. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that they're both in this situation <laughs> where the offenses are stuck. You know, I think Iowa State seems to be in a much better position. Maybe much is overselling it. But having the defense that Iowa State has, I think, puts them in a position to try, like, to give the offense some time to figure things out. Uh, whereas, you know, giving up 33 to, to South Alabama would suggest Iowa – or, uh, excuse me, Oklahoma State – is not in a similar situation. And that's, that's like the, it's either the, the silver lining or the cruel taunt for this Iowa state team is to have such a dominating effective defense and an offense so ineffective that you don't even have a chance or that you're going four and eight last year and you're one and two this year. If you just had like an okay offense, if you had a frustrating offense, you're probably looking at six or seven wins last year. Probably looking at the same this year, maybe more if you can get the kicking game figured out. But when you're among the least productive teams offensively in the country, now going on almost a year and a half, you know, that's where four and eights on the table. I mean, hell, two and tens on the table at this point, right? I mean, there, if, I, if Iowa State does not win on Saturday, it's hard to envision a scenario where they're a favorite going forward the rest of the year where I wasn't entire like – if Oklahoma State doesn't have just a total implosion last weekend, they're probably favored in this game on Saturday. Iowa State's a two-point favorite at home. So again, like this, there's there they talked about playing with urgency after the game on Saturday. Well, you can bet your butt that there should be urgency for them on Saturday because they don't they don't win at home against a pretty what looks to be again a pretty vulnerable Oklahoma State team. You know, anybody that was hovering over the panic button is going to be slamming it. And anybody, you know, on the fence about whether this offense can figure things out is, is going to pick a side because that this is, this is a situation again, double edged sword. It's a situation where it's a very winnable game. It feels like, but if you lose the winnable game, it feels so much worse and it bodes so much worse for the future. And oh, by the way, Iowa State a week from Saturday plays at Oklahoma. So, um, Iowa State better get this game, or like, or like you you said, it's gonna. This Iowa State could have fewer wins than last season. I, I don't have any any doubt about that. Um, I don't have any doubts also that Matt Campbell and his staff have been getting after his guys um, this week in practice. Um, that's you know he did after the game, at least from from a verbal standpoint. Um, like we said in the first in the first segment, we we hadn't heard Campbell talk like that since whatever 2017 against uh when they beat akron so we'll see how they respond from that trev yep and we'll have plenty more to talk about this game and specifically the matchup with the cowboys on thursday when we do our weekly live stream on facebook youtube the whole like that will also be available in podcast form if that is how you prefer to listen to randy and i talk ball but that's all we've got for today he's randy peterson i'm travis hines This has been the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM 
1460 KXNO. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.